HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program has been brought to you by Kane Vineyard and Winery, a Napa Valley winery committed to respecting the soil and dedicated to the creation of three Cabernet blends. For more information, visit Kane5.com. Hi, this is Celia Kutcher, host of Animal Instinct, and you are listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit HeritageRadioNetwork.org for thousands more. Good morning, and welcome to Inside School Food, where we unpack complex issues in school food and talk about progressive solutions that really work. I'm Laura Stanley. So we talk about students on every episode of Inside School Food, obviously. We talk about what they like to eat, what they should eat, and the many ways we can encourage them to eat well. Uh, The notion of the school cafeteria as a learning environment or an extension of the classroom is a popular one, um, even as we struggle to make that a reality. But today you're going to hear about a program that turns that idea around by extending the cafeteria into the classroom, where teams of very talented, very motivated teenagers put their heads together to create fresh, exciting kid-friendly meals that meet USDA nutrition standards for lunch. And then, and here's the really unusual part, their experience extends into the political arena, all the way to Washington, D.C. These young chefs are change agents, not just in the kitchen, but in the halls of Congress, where their youth and their pluck and, of course, their delicious food make them impossible to ignore. The program is aptly called Cooking Up Change, and it's not a small thing. It began in Chicago Public Schools, which is the third largest district in the nation, and is now radiating out all over the country. So I'm very excited to have with us today three folks to tell us all about it. Um, We're going to begin with Rochelle Davis, who is president and CEO of the Healthy Schools Campaign, um, which is the parent organization for Cooking Up Change. And then after station break, we will be speaking with David Blackman, who is program coordinator of the Hospitality Culinary and Culinary Arts Program for Chicago Public Schools, and Sean Lynn Kelly, who is a senior and a student chef at Chicago Vocational Career Academy. So, Rochelle, good morning, and thank you for joining us today on Inside School Food. 
Well, good morning, Lauren. Thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure. So there's a lot I could tell listeners about you. So I'll start and let you fill in. Um, You actually founded Healthy Schools Campaign 12 years ago. And in short, it's a Chicago-based national non-for-profit that um, advocates for national, state, and local policies and programs um, that make schools healthy places to learn um, and to work. And and though we're going to be focusing on your work in uh, food service today, I'd like to point out that Healthy Schools Campaign is also very active in phys ed and environmental health. Um, You're a local and national advocate for non-toxic green cleaning inside schools and more recently for healthier, greener play and workspaces outside on school grounds in urban settings. So would you say I hit the high points, Rochelle? Um, yes, you did. Good. Thank you. Okay. Um, so tell us, we have to start at the beginning. So tell us a little bit about how cooking up change actually works. Like, like for instance, how many cities are you in right now? It's not just Chicago anymore. No. So um, for the 2013-2014 season, Cooking Up Change took place in 10 cities um, across the country. Um, And then the winners of those local contests all come to Washington, D.C. for a national culinary cook-off competition at the U.S. Department of Education. Mm-hmm. And um, this October will officially launch this year's season, and we actually hope to have a few additional teams. So we're hoping to have uh, more like 12 or 13 teams this year participate. So it's it's grown pretty fast because you went national with the program only four years ago. Is that right? That is correct. I mean, it's and and it was actually it kind of it expanded not really by design. Um, a number of people had heard about our cooking up change program here in Chicago, and had contacted us and said we'd love to do something similar. And so the, we we shared our kind of. Uh, program format, and then we realized that, my goodness, there are three or four school districts already doing this. Maybe it would be really fun to, to you know, have a national competition, and so um, we kind of expanded it just, you know, organically, just from interest that has perked up across the country. Right, right. And, and that's something I failed to mention at the beginning, that this is actually a competition, um, but it does start in the classroom, and, I, and in most cases, these classrooms are, are um, culinary labs. Is that right? At a high school well, level. Actually, in all cases, okay. the partnering organizations. So um, it's really at a local level, a partnership between um, the culinary arts program or whatever the local program is called and food service. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the high school culinary arts students, and in Chicago, it's as you'll hear more from David, it's a three-year program. It varies a little bit. Um, but these are students who are, this is not HOMAC. This is students who are very, very serious about the culinary arts as a career. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and so it really is a partnership between them and food service. So those students are creating a healthy school meal um, following all of the you know requirements of the USDA program in terms of nutritional standards, um, following, you know, only using ingredients available in school food, not being able to have more than six steps and needing to have the food kind of generally in the budget that schools are spending on food. So we're kind of recreating the conditions 
that exist in the uh, in school cafeterias um, and um, requiring that our culinary students replicate that when they create their meal. Right, right. And we we're also talking about the very strict nutrition standards that um, School Food Service has to deal with now. The kids need to understand that and design their recipes around that as well. Absolutely. And in fact, um, with the implementation of the USDA Smart Snack Standard, um, one of the sides must also meet, uh, be eligible for the Smart uh, the the standard of being, uh, you know, of needing to meet the individual nutritional requirements of the Smart Snack Standards in addition to having their entire meal meet the USDA standard. Right, right. And then as we're going to hear shortly from, from David and Sean that the competition really, really heats up. It's a big deal. Um, and, um, and, I, and, and then eventually one team from each city is selected to go to D.C. But, but, but let's look at, like, what happens in Chicago because you've got a number of teams competing. Um, how many schools or how many teams so in um, in the past few years, we've had between 13 and 16 um, teams compete. Uh, Chicago Public Schools, you know, David will tell you, but has a few more of those of culinary arts programs throughout the district, um, and usually we get 80 to 90 percent of the teams actually participating. Right, right. So all these kids. Um be prepare their uh, their dishes they've been working on through the fall at a big gala in Chicago. Um, and when we just talked about this last week, you kind of blew my mind uh, when you described the, the kind of scope and style of this thing. T- tell us what that event is like, because that's coming up uh, at the end of next month, right? Uh, October 30th, mm-hmm. yes. So, um, so it's... It's a little bit of a three-ring circus. There's a lot going on. Um, so the students come, actually the students prepare their food in their um, schools, and then they transport the food to the event setting. So, again, in addition to meeting all of those nutrition, all those requirements we just discussed, the students also need to, um, you know, think through the, the delivery you know, mm-hmm. the delivery, the packaging, the delivery, and the representing of their food. Um, and they come to um, a central location um, in, you know, the afternoon, and the first thing that happens is they kind of get set up, and then each team, one by one, presents their meal and makes a little presentation to a team of, of uh, judges. And that judging team is made up of um, the Director of Nutrition Support Services. Um, also, I mean, in the past we've had at least one or two Chicago Public School board members, mm-hmm. a couple of uh, state board members, representatives from different congressional offices, aldermen, state reps, people from public health, um, and then people from the culinary community uh, in Chicago. Um, you know, it will be a panel of 15 to 18 people, so the students make their presentation. And then once they're done, they go back and they kind of prepare for the evening event. And um, around 6 o'clock, we actually have about 750 people who show up. Wow. And the main, the main activity is to meet these students and to taste their... Um, wonderful creations 
Uh, and really what it is is an opportunity for the Chicago community to really demonstrate strong support for healthy school food. Um, and, uh, you know, I think as you and your listeners know, um, it is part of an ongoing political discussion, whether it's about the nutrition standards or about funding levels or about equipment funding. Um, we feel like it's really important and helpful for the Chicago community to have an opportunity to come together, not only celebrate the talents of these young people, but also really learn more about school food and show their support. Right, right. And it, it's just kind of staggering that, that school food um, and meals that are prepared at, on a budget of basically about a dollar each um, are the centerpiece of the Chicago fall social season, 700 50 people. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. yeah. And the fu- and the fun for the students, the winning team just kind of starts. So they have a whole host of activities that they um, go through before they even get to D.C. So we do a big celebration at their school with their families and other students and teachers and local political leaders. And on that is the day where their entire, where their meal is served to 400,000 students across the district. Right. So they get um, to be the stars. Amazing. Yeah. And then, you know, last year our team um, went to Springfield and served their meal to the Illinois State Board of Ed and presented. They served their meal to the Chicago Board of Education. Um, actually, when they went to Springfield, they um, got an honorary proclamation congratulating them mm-hmm. from the uh, the Illinois House of Representatives. Um, they got a commendation by the uh, Chicago Board of Education, and then they even had the opportunity to cook their meal and sit down and uh, share it with Mayor Emanuel. Amazing. And then from there, we go to Washington. Um, yeah. And that's something that happens every year. And But this last year, especially, I should say this spring, um, it just so happened that you were there with your winning teams from all your cities um, at the same time that the controversy around the nutrition standards was breaking into a firestorm. And, and there you were with your winning teams of teenagers. Like, what, what happened? Well, I mean, it was, you know, a, a number of things happened. I think, again, another little bit of a three-ring circus. Um, so first off, you know, we had the opportunity and the challenge of explaining to um, the students what was happening in Congress and what a cha- what a budget amendment had to do with nutritional standards mm-hmm. of their food and so the students actually got a pretty big dose of of a civics lesson um, they were meeting officials both in the executive branch and the legislative branch and kind of understanding who all these people were and what their roles were was a big part of the conversation. But we also had to explain to the students that there were some people in Congress that were interested, that were concerned that students did not want to eat healthy food or that healthy food would not, could not be um, uh, tasty. Mm-hmm. And somehow in the, um, uh, both the innocence and arrogance that comes with teenagehood, mm-hmm. um, their kind of collective responses. Well, obviously, they haven't tasted my recipe. <laughs> and so the students kind of embarked on this conversation in a little bit of like disbelief that 
and and but they did have their opportunity to serve their meals. So first they had um, the contest, um, and a similar in this case they they took over the cafeteria at the Department of Education. Much thanks to the excellent team there, um, and um, served their meal, uh, presented their meal to judges, and then served their meal to 150 or 200 uh, people who came to be on hand when we announced the winner. Um, this year, Secretary Duncan um, and uh, Sam Cass, who's uh, the executive director of Let's Move, mm-hmm. uh, showed up to meet the students um, and were accompanied by, oh, I don't know, 30 or so reporters. Um, and so m- almost all of the students had the opportunity to speak with reporters and to, to have their words kind of shared back in their hometown on the evening news. Right, right. And, and that's what's so exciting and creative, unusual about Cooking Up Change is that you, you really have made this kind of political engagement part of the program. Um, and it, it's, it's just a powerful experience for your students who I'd say that they, more than most of us, have had a very direct experience of cooking and eating as a political act. Um, absolutely. And it's safe to say that all of our students um, are are part eat the school meal program every day they are mm-hmm. part of they um that is their source of food for both often breakfast and lunch so mm-hmm. these are also the consumers of the program um so um and you know and and we also did take them to Capitol Hill, and they did a congressional briefing, and then they um, all had the opportunity to visit um, different congressional offices, and each team not only met with staff, but actually met with a number of elected officials. Right, right. So they learned what lobbying is and how to do it. Yes, right. they did. And, and did, were they wearing their chef whites for this whole experience? Uh, yes, they wow. all have, um, you know, many of the, they all have their chef's jacket with a little Cooking Up Change logo on it to acknowledge them as the winning team. Um, they all, all the chef jackets have the name of their school um, on them. And yes, that is how they um, traveled uh, actually for all three days. Very, very cool. All right. Well, Rochelle, it's been so exciting having you on the air to hear about this. Thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you. We have been visiting with Rochelle Davis, president and CEO and the founder of the Healthy Schools Campaign. Um, after station break, more about cooking up change from two other leaders in the program, including one of its student champions. You are listening to Inside School Food on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm Laura Stanley. Don't go away.
Welcome back to Inside School Food. Today we're visiting with three remarkable folks from the Healthy Schools Campaign's Cooking Up Change. Uh, Cooking Up Change is all about kids advocating for kids. Uh, The adults provide the structure, but when the students get cooking and competing and arguing their cause to politicians and public officials, their teachers stand back and let them do their thing. Uh, our next two guests are going to tell us um, a little bit about how that works. Uh, Sean Lynn Kelly is a senior at Chicago Vocational Career Academy and one of last year's Chicago uh, champs for cooking up change. Uh, Sean Lynn comes from a family of culinary professionals. Her dad is a culinary school graduate and her mother runs a catering business. And she's got her eye on the Culinary Institute of America for next year. Uh, David Blackman is program coordinator at the Hospitality and Culinary Arts Programs in Chicago Public Schools. He has logged in more than 25 years as a professional chef and uses that experience not just on the job at CPS but throughout the community where he's active as a cooking instructor for community health programs. Um, In the Chicago schools, David has some personal skin in the game. He's got 10-year-old twins at Skinner West Elementary where he's sometimes seen in the hallway, passing out fruit smoothies and fresh veggie snacks. So welcome, Sean Lennon, David. Hi, how are you doing, Laura? So um, we just got the big picture about cooking up change from Rochelle Davis. Um, how about the, you two tell us a little bit more about what it's like in the trenches? Um, David, David, let's start with you. How do students get started on their recipe challenge in the fall? Well, the teachers uh, in the beginning of our semester, they start with talking about nutrition, so that's on our curriculum. So with that, they, we intertwine the object of uh, students being in the cooking up change as a project, utilizing the order guides through our current um, food service providers, Aramark. Mm-hmm. And so the students can see different listings of what they have to offer and how can they intertwine them into an actual lunch item. Right, so, right. Uh, and and, they, and they, as Rochelle was saying, they have the same very challenging bu- budget that um, CPS Nutrition does. It's about a dollar they can spend on food. Yeah, sorry, sorry, something. Um, yeah, they, it's the same budget, it's the same challenge, same thing that an adults have to deal with. Mm-hmm. So it, it gives them a really good work-based learning experience, seeing what it takes to really run a cafeteria, how to feed a bunch of kids, right, and still provide nutrition under right. a budget. Right. And and how hard is it um, for them to nutrit, you know, meet the nutrition guidelines? I mean, how often are teams sent back to the drawing board because they haven't hit the calorie mark or the fat or the, you know, the sodium, all that kind of stuff? Is that difficult? Yeah. Sometimes they get the recipe sent back and forth three times by the nutritionist. But, you know, um, they, they, they learn something every time they send it back. They can learn, well, if we add this on, we can add more protein. If we take this, we can, you know, put in more of this. So we can offer more items. If, you know, they, they learn how that works when they work with a nutritionist. Right, right. And, yeah. and you know, kids know from the get-go that this is a competition. And, and as you were telling me last week, David, it, it's pretty competitive from, from the beginning, right? Oh, yeah. I, I got kids telling me, even before school ends for the summer break, you know, I'm going to be on the team in the fall. I'm going to be on the team in the fall. So <laughs> kids are very competitive. They're talking to their teachers. So after the day is over, after cooking up change ends, students are talking to their teachers about what can we do to rebuild for next year. Right, right. So a, a culture is booming within the program of, you know, competitors. Right, right. Sean Lund, um, you know, how, how badly did your team want to win last year? 
Oh, we wanted it real bad. It <laughs> was our first competition ever, so we wanted to win. Yeah, yeah. So you basically started out with like, what are we gonna? How are we gonna win this thing? Yes. Yeah. It's a good meal that's gonna get us to win. Right, right. So, what did you? I know that you you went through a number of options, but what was the recipe you finally settled on that 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 won for the city of Chicago last year? Um, we had curry chicken, plantains, and a Caribbean salad with a pineapple vinaigrette. That sounds so good. Uh, and you don't know what your team's going to do for this year yet, right? You're still working on that. No, we're still working on it. Right, right. And I know in Chicago you have some very special chicken. It's locally grown without antibiotics, and you, so you're working from scratch with the chicken, right? Yeah. That's awesome. David, um, what were some of the stand? I mean, I know, okay, we know about the one that won, but there was some other great stuff. I mean, what were some of the standout recipes um, last year or, you know, in, in general? Like, what, what have been some of your favorites over the years? I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed Prosser's recipe. They did a beef fajita salad, mm-hmm. um, and which was fantastic. And, you know, I think also Roosevelt had a standout recipe as well. Uh, these um, they had these uh, like empanadas or uh, items that they had stuffed in the, on the wheat tortilla shells. Right, right. So like quesadillas. Um, in past years, there was a uh, bananas rolled in yogurt with a uh, graham cracker dusting on it mm-hmm. from Clemente. I remember that the great use of yogurt, you know. And um, the, the the vegetable soup from what Richards High School. So I think about years back, every year is something different. And um, to me, it's like Christmas. Yeah. I want to cook it up change because I enjoy, I do not want to know what the student teams are doing until the actual event. So right. when I visit schools, I, don't, I, I tell them, I don't want to know, I don't want to know. <laughs> I want to open it up with every school. It's like opening up a new gift and seeing what the students created with their mentors and their teachers. Right, so, right, right. It's a lot of fun. So, so Sean Lynn, at the gala, you know, were, were you nervous last year? Um, we was just nervous when we went into the judging room. Mm-hmm. Like, not too much when we were passing out food and all that, getting ready. It was just when we got in the room. It was real intense. And, and did you think you were going to win at that point when you tasted the other recipes in the room? Oh, yeah, but it wasn't even that we tasted it. It was just when everybody kept coming to our table, telling us it's good and all that. So, yeah. Yeah, so you, you knew you were rocking. <laughs> That's exciting. Yeah. Um, so, so, you know, David, you, you get to know these kids pretty well from all the teams. I mean, the, the competition's a big day. Like, what... What happens to them? You know, they've been working hard. They get there. What's what's the emotion like in the room? Well, you know, a lot of students are very proud of what they've done. And, you know, this experience gives the students a chance to see uh, about how connecting something like this, a work-based learning experience like this, to what they learn in the classroom, that they can really do this in real life. So a lot of kids are proud. And uh, all over, you know, I tell them, win or lose, everybody's a winner tonight because you get to represent your school in the citywide competition. And if mm-hmm. you win, of course, you get to represent the city in a nationwide competition. So I'm like, these are the type of things that college essays are made of. Right, so right. That's, that's what they enjoy. A lot of kids are proud of what they've done and are eager for you to taste it. They're really like, you know, please try my dish. Right. So it's, that's, the room is just electric the whole night. Right, right. When we talked about it last week, I asked you, if there was any like similarity to being on a football team, for instance, uh, it, it really is like a big deal. These kids are kind of rock stars in their school. C- can you talk about that a little bit? Well, you have people who are, you know, they, they talk to each other via like maybe um, social media, a lot of students, and they're trying to say, what are you doing? I hear this school is doing this. I hear this school is doing this. So you have 
some school, every school is doing something different, the way they approach the Cooking Up Change competition, mm-hmm. be it many teams among the school and they all decide on which is going to represent their school or uh, they go into some type of, uh, they put a, a big whiteboard, a chalkboard up and they write out different recipes and they go, this is going to work or this isn't going to work. Once the team wins, you ought to see how they put together, like uh, they, look, they look at the rest of the nation and they write down their recipes of what they've won with to see how they can approach winning on the national level. So it looks like they're in a coach's room with all the X's and O's right. running around. So it's like, wow, it looks like a playbook. So right. Right. it is very much like a football play. Yeah, and, and you said that the champs um, have an easier time getting prom dates. <laughs> Well, you know, the kids become pretty popular now because, (laughs) you know, the Cooking Up Change photo shoots that they have and their photos are popping up all over the place on recipe cards or in booklets or they look at it, they go into cafeterias and they may have not just a whole dish, they may have a side dish that some of the students have done on other teams and they put the photo of that team on top of over the dish on the line. And kids are like, oh, my God, I saw you in the cafeteria. And they're like, why, you're famous. Yeah. So mm-hmm. a lot of kids, you know, got a lot of swelled egos. We got to kind of help bring them down. But a lot of kids have fun. You know, they, they love it. They give them a little bit of fame. Yeah, they deserve to have their egos swelled up. My goodness. Um, oh, I, yeah. I know that in um, in Memphis, the food service director there, Tony Uresi, is actually um, doing cooking up change recipes on his menus once a week. Um, along with pictures of of the the kids behind them, um, is and is that something you want to see happen in Chicago? That would be great to have that happen. Um, Aramark has been very uh, generous with their support. You know, they've been new for uh, last year, and um, again, that's you know, we're in talks of talking to them or maybe talking to Leslie Fowler about making that happen. But um, it's, it's in their uh, on their laps to you know support us on like. On, on that level, that would be awesome. Right, right, right. Yeah. I mean, one of the things I love so much about Cooking Up Change is that it's all about kids showing adults what's possible. And it's also about kids demonstrating not just what they're capable, but what they really need and what they deserve. And I, I know we, we've talked about that a lot, David. Could you, you know, comment on that? Well, you know, with all the ingredients and the repetitiveness, not, you know, to talk bad about what's going on with our current food situation in the cafeterias, you have opportunity for kids to say, you know, you, you showed us what you have, and we're showing you what we, what we want. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the recipes are, are peer-tested, peer-tested and approved by hundreds of students in the schools. And if you have something like that, why not, you know, find a way to serve it to the students? Because the kids are saying, we're cooking up change. This is what we like, and this is what we would like to see in our cafeteria. So that's what the event brings. Right. So, you know, yeah. And, it, and, if, and if a teenager can develop a, a recipe that is scalable and meets requirements and is, you know, within the budget, um, can, you know, doesn't that say something about what a, you know, a middle-aged uh, food service director might be able to accomplish as well? I mean, it's kind of a powerful message. It's a very powerful message. And, you know, some of them may be middle-aged people, maybe, maybe we've run out of steam. I don't know. <laughs> but it, it says a lot. That's why uh, Cooking Up Change is important that you continue on, that you have the youth showing America what school lunch can look like. Right, right. Um, Sean Lund, when, when you know, what do you have to say to reporters and public officials who think school children won't eat healthy food? 
Um, I think soon as we'll eat healthy food, as long as it's good, it looks appetizing. And uh, it's something that they see normally outside instead of, like, basic pizza and chicken patties. Everybody's tired of that, really. Yeah. So, you know, I, I guess the perception is that's, that's, that's all kids want, so let's just keep giving it to them. But you're saying, no, we're getting right. tired of it, you know. Yeah, we, we you can change to- it up. Yeah. And, and did, you, did you get a chance to say that when you were in D.C. this spring? Yes. Good for you. Well, um, David and Sean Lund, it's been such a privilege having you both on the show today. And thank you so much for joining us. And thank you especially for cooking up change. Uh, keep up the good work. Okay, I'm looking you. forward to another one. Yep, yep. Right. We have been yeah. speaking with David Blackman and Sean Lynn Kelly from Chicago Public Schools about their involvement in Healthy Schools Campaign's National Cooking Up Change Competition. For more information, you can go to healthyschoolscampaign.org or look for a link on the Inside School Food Facebook page. You've been listening to Inside School Food on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm Laura Stanley. Next week, we begin the first of a suite of episodes in honor of National Farm to School Month 2014. We'll be taking a pretty deep and, uh, I guess, technical dive into a spectrum of strategies for procuring local with the help of the uh, USD expert behind a new definitive and very clear-eyed guide to farm to school purchasing. So I hope you'll join us. Thanks for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archive programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can email us questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening. <laughs>